Welcome to the Nutrition Experience. We come to you straight out of the 615. We are a podcast about dealing with chronic diseases and how a person's diet affects or influences their disease. We also focus on how a person's nutrition and eating habits can fluctuate or change while being in a different atmosphere, such as a hospital. So the first question I wanted to ask you is what diseases or illnesses have affected your body, health, and life um, just so far? Um, Well, in I believe it was 2010, I was diagnosed with what's called Langerhans-Bell histiocytosis, and my doctor at the time didn't even know what it was or anything about it because it's very rare and it can affect you anywhere in your body and it has affected my lungs and it is tumors, cavitary tumors that take over the organ and if it's in your liver or your kidneys um, you can get treatment and then your liver or kidneys will heal but mine are in it happened in my lungs and once your lungs are damaged they're damaged forever because your lungs do not heal it's the only organ in your body that does not heal itself or ever come back once it's damaged it's damaged and I went through chemo for almost a year and it didn't help me at all and I spent several years going to different doctors and um, oncology specialists because nobody knew much about it because it was so rare and I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville saw the head of oncology there and then I ended up going to Duke for five years um, for a double lung transplant and they were ultimately unable to do that because my antibody count is really really high for some reason and they weren't able to suppress it and keep it suppressed and therefore the um, transplant would have probably killed me and I wouldn't have made it out of the hospital and it would have been more detrimental than helpful and but it to this day still affects me and I've already far exceeded what they said I would live and um, they don't know why, but I'm doing okay with it, and I'm doing treatments every three weeks. I have a nurse that comes to my house that gives me um, what they call IVIG, and it's an immune immune globin um, IV therapy, and it takes about seven hours, and the nurse comes to my house, thankfully, and... I get the treatment and then I have to take a bunch of medicines to keep from having a reaction to that. And um, it affects everything about me, my body, um, my, um, makes, you know, I'm thirsty all the time because I have to take water pills with it. I have to take allergy medicine with it. And I have a port in my chest where the medicine goes and I will do that for the rest of my life. And the disease is um, cavitary tumors that grow 
in the organ, wherever it is. You can get it in your skin, your na- even on your nails. And if you do, it's much easier to treat and usually successfully. And um, the damage has already been done to my lungs where at this point now I'm on what they call a trilogy machine when I sleep and it's an actual vent ventilator that forces air into your lungs and makes them expand and I do that while I'm sleeping as long as I can and so that's what is keeping me going now and everything I do affects it if I do any activity when I eat when I you know sleep everything it affects it and I can get an infection really really easy so we have to be careful and I've been in kidney failure I think four or five times now and where I was getting ready to go through um uh, I forgot what it's called were they uh, oh dialysis sorry kidney dialysis and so so far I've been able to you know not have to do that and um, there are different levels of it um, different degrees of severity and um, mine is the highest and when I was first diagnosed it was by accident they did a CAT scan and on my stomach and they just saw a couple nodules in my lungs and sent me to the pulmonologist and he did a full CAT scan of my lungs and said well I can see some nodules but we'll wait six weeks and then we'll go back and um I'm sorry, three months it was the first time. And then we'll go back and do another CAT scan and see how it's changed. And at the time, I didn't know that you could ask your doctor for the actual written report and read it yourself, what the um, people reading the CAT scan, what they said. And I took his word for it, which I shouldn't have and wish I hadn't. But because at that three months, it was already in all five lobes of my lungs. And within just three months... And he made me wait another nine months. So that was a whole year I lost that I could have started chemo earlier and maybe have had more success with it. And um, But the disease itself is actually more common in children than adults. There's five people out of every million are diagnosed with it. And 76% of those million are children. So it's much more common in children to have it. And um, the symptoms, of course, can um, vary, but it affects your lymph nodes. Your um, Sometimes you get a really red face, and um, it can affect your bones. It's painful because you swell up, and, you know, it affects your joints because of the, you know, swelling up and going back and forth with that and um, and it affects your liver and that's why I've gone into kidney failure a bunch of times and um, I can go into talking about the diabetes and because for some reason 
I would say probably 80% of the people that have the Langerhans cell histiocytosis also have diabetes insipidus. Could you explain a little what that type of diabetes is? Yes. Diabetes insipidus. It's not diabetes like a person who has to take insulin. It is um, not a very common um, disease. It's uh, your output is more than your input um, fluid-wise. Like your urine is... Uh, your output is way more than your input so therefore you're dehydrated a lot and you're thirsty all the time and and it's um, uh, there's some medicines out there but not really very many and they're not really good for your body at all and I don't like to take medicines you know um, but it also can affect your um, pituitary gland and um, I guess it uh, there's like a nasal spray you can use but it affects your body and the side effects are really bad so it's like you gotta weigh one hand this and one hand that you know and to me the worst part is being thirsty all the time and constantly having to drink and then you have to get up all night long and pee, you know, and um, I think I was born with it because we have uh, diabetes in our family really bad. That's what granny's sister died from was diabetes. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's an immune system thing too, autoimmune, and they all kind of sort of seem to be autoimmune related which is um, a lot of times inherited. Um, So, you know. um, And then I also have um, another bladder issue. (laughs) Do you want me to go ahead and talk about that? Yeah, you can go into that. That's perfect. Okay. um, It's uh, called interstitial cystitis. And it's (laughs) it's in my bladder. And it is where the, um, the lining on the inside of your uh, bladder, you have a lining, a protector in there, you know, to protect the walls of your bladder. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, your body attacks that as if it's a foreign, you know, object in your body. And it... Um, it actually disintegrates the lining inside your bladder. So um, you constantly feel like you have a bladder and kidney infection 24-7 because there's nothing there to protect it. Mm -hmm. And um, it can cause a bunch of different problems. And there's times where you have a bad flare and other times where it's not too bad. Like right now I'm having a really bad flare and they say stress or certain foods can affect it. And, um, you know, so you constantly have pain down there um, all the time. And I was diagnosed when I was 30 with it. And I had it so bad that when they went in to do the biopsy, um, I hemorrhaged afterwards because it was so bad. And it also is 
a um, autoimmune type disease and um, hereditary. Um, your allergies can affect it. Certain, you know, things that you might be allergic to can set it off and make it worse. And it's, oh, um, your bladder capacity becomes mm -hmm. smaller, you know, the amount that it fits. Due to that lining being disinherited? Yeah, yeah yep. And, um... They, I think it kind of sh like shrinks down so it holds less and um, and it kind of it becomes stiff your bladder wall becomes stiff mm -hmm. so therefore it doesn't stretch so like when you drink and stuff mm -hmm. and the fluid goes down there instead of stretching like other bladders and fitting more it doesn't because that stretchability is gone you know mm -hmm. and it, you know it affects you that way. So it affects your sleep, um, your sex life, your overall life in many ways, you know, so you have to be careful what you eat, um, stress, <laughs> all that affects it. So the next question I wanted to ask you is do you have any other illnesses or diseases that are either linked to nutrition or are um, affected by your, your nutrition or what you intake? Uh, yeah, one of the big ones is I have Graves' disease, which is a lot to do with food. And because Graves' disease is actually hyperthyroidism and it causes your thyroid gland to produce way too much thyroid hormone um, and certain symptoms come from that and you can have extreme weight loss even though you're eating normally and nothing's changed it can create brittle bones like osteoporosis which I do have and but your diet plays a huge factor in managing your Graves disease and certain foods can exacerbate um, the different symptoms and different uh, food sensitivities and um, but a lot of the foods that are um, create those exacerbate the symptoms are like the wheat the rye, the barley, malt, and grains can affect it and can trigger symptoms. And you have to be careful what you eat and drink. And if you watch what you're eating, you can help alleviate your symptoms or help reduce your flare and the different symptoms and effects. So the next question I kind of wanted to ask you about is because we kind of touched on it earlier, but how does your water intake affect either symptoms or the diseases um, if you just don't drink enough? Well, 
the water intake um, is extremely important because of the interstitial cystitis. The input and output are totally different. Your output is way more than your input, so you're constantly thirsty all the time and you don't want to get dehydrated from not drinking enough water so it's very important to drink a lot of water because it can start a chain reaction it can cause seizures it can cause the dehydration and it can be a chain reaction to all of the other things going on inside your body and it's very important to always stay hydrated And the next thing I kind of wanted to touch on is, um, I know that you have spent your fair share of time in a hospital. Yeah. And, um, I just kind of wanted to ask about, um, the dietary supplements or just things that they give you that, um, are linked to your nutrition while you're in the hospital. Yeah, the, uh, main thing they always do is they always give me the Ensure to drink, which is really important for the electrolytes and obviously the nutrition in your body. And also they always make you take a probiotic because um, all of the medicines and the antibiotics that you're on while you're in there kills off all of the good bacteria that's inside your stomach and your intestines and you need that and the probiotic helps alleviate that complication and make that you know so yeah um, well thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your story for us and telling us a little bit about yourself and what you struggle with and kind of just your life as a whole so thank you again and thank you i appreciate it and anytime i'd be more than happy to help Thanks for joining us and listening into the second episode of the Nutrition Experience. Today's episode covered an interview with somebody who suffers from a terminal illness and how their nutrition and diet have changed because of their illness throughout their life. Take a look back at our first episode dealing with type 2 diabetes, which includes an interview from someone who suffers from type 2 diabetes, a chronic disease that is strongly related to a person's diet. In that episode, we covered topics including the different food groups to stay away from if you suffer from diabetes, doctor recommendations for dealing with type 2 diabetes, and how much nutrition can either help or cure, help care or worsen your condition.